This is Everyday Leaders. I'm your host, Melanie Ake. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today's guest will share the disciplines that she practices every day that allows her to achieve a life of success. Today's Everyday Leader reminds us the value of believing in ourselves and our unique story. You see, each one of us has a very different story, and it's through our own experiences that we can truly connect to the world. These simple techniques are ones that you too can apply every day to live your life with success. Tracy Sanders is my guest today. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Show 21 starts now. Welcome to the program, Tracy. Hi, Melanie. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I. Um, it's great. This Everyday Leaders program, there are so many people in my life that influence me and that I'm connected to, or people that have pointed me to say, hey, you need to connect to this person, and you are one of those people. So Jeff Van Vaylor is an old high school friend of mine, and, and he joined my podcast and talked about things about sleep and, and insomnia and taught so many people. And he immediately said, you need to reach out to my friend <laughs> because what she's doing is pretty amazing for people to give them confidence. So um, Tracy Sanders, welcome, welcome, welcome to Everyday Leaders. And uh, I'm excited, excited to have you here. Yes, I'm so excited. It's, it's kind of funny that I don't even know Jeff all that well. I know of him through another friend, an admin um, for the company that I have that I help authors with. And uh, I just recently read his book, The Devil's Triangle, and I was fascinated by it. He's an awesome person. He's an awesome person. He reflects a lot in the leadership qualities that, you know, you know somebody in high school (laughs) and then you kind of live your lives and you watch people blossom into what they're going to become or are becoming or have dreams of becoming. And so it's been really neat with this program that I've done this year because I have just really taken a look inside and said, who is it that can help influence others that are still stuck, you know, that are still looking and searching for that path? And and so this has been great because I haven't met you personally. I follow you now on your Facebook blogs and your vlogs, actually. And it's been really neat to kind of see what your purpose is and how you inspire others. So tell me a little bit about, I know Jeff's connected to to you because of being an author and having kind of a path down that lane, but tell me exactly, you know, what what you feel um, your value is. You influence a lot of people. And my mentor, John Maxwell, teaches us that leadership is influence. And so as I look to you as a leader and I, I look at what I know about you and what I want you to share with the audience is you're a coach and you're an inspirer and, and you're a leader because you influence people and give them confidence. So tell me what your definition of leadership is. Um, to me, a great leader is someone who does not have to make other people feel small to make themselves feel great. It's kind of a catch-22 to be a leader as well because a great leader, in my opinion, does not take all the credit, but they do take all the blame. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard thing to do because if you are leading people, then you are influencing their decisions by the things that you're teaching them, by the experiences you're sharing with them. 
And you can lead people down the wrong road. You really can. If you're not making sure that you're in tune with who they are at their core and you're just paying attention to their words and not really, you know, who they are, you know, what their dreams are and their values, you really have to get to know the people that you lead. I think you made a really great point right there. It's about connection, right? Mm-hmm. It's about Absolutely. this this really understanding at a core value what the other person wants to achieve. And so connecting to you, I really understand that that's your true purpose. You really want to connect to someone and understand what it is they're trying to achieve so that you can help them get there. Uh, and I know we've talked about this offline, but there's such a difference between promoting your own brand and trying to help influence and lead and guide and inspire others to be their best. And that's really what you are all about. And so how do you, you know, you have this vlog. And so tell the listeners a little bit about when you started that vlog, what your idea was and and how you started off. Like, did you fail at first? And how did you get the confidence to keep doing that? Because a lot of people on Facebook say... I can't get on, you know, I can't get on the camera. I don't know what I would say. And uh, it's a little scary to, to, you know, to look at myself on a video format every day. Uh, And how would I have the confidence to do that? So talk to us about how you establish that kind of confidence. I'll be honest with you. I mean, as a child and a teenager, I wasn't really confident, but I always, I was brave. And I think there's a difference. Being brave means doing something that you're a little bit scared of, something that scares you a little bit, something that challenges you a little bit, but you get through it because you realize it's not always about you. Mm -hmm. It's about what you're trying to accomplish through what you're about to do, Mm -hmm. right? So my blog started out as just a way for me to express my writing and to get to know other authors and things like that. And my entire journey up until this point has led me, it's taken me through a path. Right. And so, like I've, I think I've mentioned this to you before, that what I was doing at different points in my life was never really the thing, but it was the thing that led to the thing. And I love that saying. I, I think T.D. T. D. Jakes is who I heard that from recently. And I just love it because it's so simple, but it makes so much sense mm-hmm. because you may not always be doing your ultimate passion, what's going to lead you to your ultimate goal, but it's stepping stones. You know, when I had the daycare, it taught me about human behavior and then different things in my life. You know, my writing led to editing, and I met some incredible mentors and editors who taught me about editing. So, and all of that, all the connections I've made along the way, good or bad, have led me to be become an educator, and that is who I am at my core. It, everything I've done keeps coming back to educating. Mm-hmm. I just love to inspire people and educate people. Well, and that's, you know, knowledge is power, and that's another kind of great quote, but it's so true because if you know what your purpose is and you know your why, and then you understand the components of what that means, then you can help others, right? This, that significance of then helping right. and giving back to others. So what you're doing is so important, and the value lessons here from you are so many things that you've learned, and, you know, having having the daycare, you know, having this child care environment and, and knowing that that's kind of the label of education, right? But then you had even more to offer and say, yeah, but I, I am connected to 
helping others through teaching, which is education. And I get into this with a lot of salespeople, right? It's like you can do the speeds and feeds and talk about, you know, features and benefits all day long. But what is this product or what are you going to learn from it and through it? you know, to really be the expert. And so that's where the education comes in. And you as a, as a writer um, yourself, right, it's, it's doing it and then teaching it. And so what kind of, um, and I know I've got tons of questions here that we, we talked about, but, you know, a lot of people may have only tried one thing in their life. And, and so understanding how to move through that. What are the signals that you had in your life as an educator with children and then moving out of that? I know that was a big step we talked about. So help us understand what that transition was like for you. That was one of the hardest things I've ever done because I felt guilty when I knew that it was getting time for me to move into another phase of my life. I started the daycare because, honestly, I'd lost my job uh, working with my husband's company. It shut down, and I wanted to be home with my kids. I have been home with all three of my kids, and my oldest one is almost 21 now since they were babies. That was just always important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to have that time with them. And so it was great when they were little. But then when my youngest one started going toward her later years of elementary school, I was like, I kind of want to do something different. And I felt guilty because I had made a commitment and I hate making, letting people down. Mm -hmm. You know, I hate that feeling of, and then I thought to myself, well, I'm letting myself down. I'm letting my kids down because they need me more now than they did when they were little. Mm -hmm. I was there, you know, I took care of them, but emotionally they need me more now. And that was something I really had to come to grips with because it's like the little kids needed me too. They needed me there every day. But my kids, it was their turn. And that was a very hard thing for me to let those kids go and move into my own next phase. Mm-hmm. Man, that's so true. A lot of people go through this. And, mm-hmm. you know, we live in a society today where there's so many things coming at us and, you know, it pulls us into, well, if we have a single ho- household income, you know, here's what our life will look like. And then if we're able to increase that, you know, the second partner goes and works and then brings more income in, we're going to have this kind of lifestyle. But what's so critical, what you just said is your kids need you at every stage, right? And that's being connected to them. And so that's really, really important as as we're learning, you know, lots of generations have done things differently and every family is different. But what you are saying in teaching is is the values of, you know, having your kids stay connected to you through those phases is that confidence that then you're you're passing on to them as an educator even and and building that confidence for them to go out into the world knowing that, you know, they've been kind of protected, but they've also um, been taught and they have that 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 shell, um, that foundation that's going to you know, give them, give them the next phase. Because a lot of kids um, that I, that I have co- in coaching sessions or talk to, you know, maybe have lost that connection of home or family, just a variety of reasons. So yeah. I love this message of if you're able to, if you can, the time that you give, the commitment, mm-hmm. right? That commitment of ensuring that that's a priority for you. So 
thank you for sharing that. I, I just I wanted to go back over that because I think it's going to ring true with so many people. And how do you choose that time how, when everything's pulling at you, mm-hmm. you know, and having these beliefs of change? What did you do? How did you, how did you balance all of that? That was the number one question that I got, even from my daycare parents. They're like, how? I mean, I wrote 10 books in about seven years that I published. And they're like, how do you find the time? You know, you've got the kids all day long. I said, I maximize my time. It, having the daycare was one of the best things I could have ever done for my personal development. Because like I said, it taught me about human behavior. And it also taught me about time management. Mm-hmm. And time management is one of the biggest assets that you can develop. Uh, because when you know what to do with your time every day, you know what you can accomplish. And when you, and I love that phrase, I think it's Tony Robbins said it, that um, a lot of people overestimate what they can do in, um, what is it, a year, but underestimate what they can do in a decade, Mm -hmm. right? And so (laughs) when I teach people, I'm like, building a a brand, it doesn't just take a few years. It takes about a decade. Mm -hmm. And it takes you doing these little things consistently every single day. And I try to teach them in a way of, it's like being a parent. You're not going to get this, you're not going to, you know, change a few diapers and then next week you're going to get this awesome adult who's out there changing the world. Mm-hmm. Great analogy. It's going to take a few, it's going to take a few, I, I relate everything I do to, to parenting, even my books, you know, it's, it's like a book baby. And so you want to protect it. You don't want any bad reviews. You want everybody to love it, right? You want to show, pull out that wallet and show everybody your baby's pictures, right? Mm-hmm. But And everybody's so proud of it. However, there are some people who are doing that with their books, and they never showed up for those soccer games. They don't sit and eat family dinners. They aren't involved in their kids' lives. They just want the fame and the money, but they don't want to put in the time to have a really great book baby. Does that make sense? Yes, leadership lessons across the board. It's all the consistency, you know, the awareness, having the right you know, protecting this with the right environment, right? The attitude, the discipline. Um, so many of these lessons are true to what you are doing every single day. So what would you, you know, how do you coach someone that's an author that says, hey, Tracy, I've got this great book, right? It's my baby. I've coddled it. I've worked for years to create it. Maybe it's my first book. And what do I do next? What are the right steps to go to next once I've went and I come to you? What do you, what do you tell me? Mm-hmm. The first thing is I want to know more about them. I want to know what their motive is because if they're just out there to make money, they need to hire someone to push that book for them, plain and simple, because they are not emotionally invested in that book. They will only be looking for the money. They are not out there writing these books to touch lives. That's what I want to know. I want to find the people who are out there looking to make a difference, looking to write children's books because there aren't enough quality books out there, Mm -hmm. looking to write romance books because they truly care about the concept of love and relationships and things like that. Even in my romance novels, people were like, wow, it was just so inspiring. You know, it's not just another romance novel. It was what I wrote from my heart. Some of it was my personal experience. Some of it wasn't. Some of it was personal experiences of people I've, you know, I've watched. I've, I've uh, observed their lives. 
And so it's just very important to me that people put their all into something um, and just understand what your true motive is. If you're, I'm sure you've seen it, everybody's seen it, the celebrities who are out there just to get their 15 minutes of fame, Mm -hmm. they get it. They go for it hard enough, they'll get it. But they don't get 15 years of fame. They don't get 15, you know what I mean, like 15 seasons of fame Mm -hmm. on their TV show because they were a fleeting, it was a fleeting moment because that's all they invested into it. Mm -hmm. It's the significance. And you have people, Mm -hmm. exactly, everybody wants to be significant for something. Mm -hmm. And you have people like Will Smith who has grown in his career and in his personal development to the point that he's out there doing Facebook lives just to teach people about relationships. I've seen several of them. Yep. He's wonderful. He's not teaching them how to be, exactly. He's not teaching them how to become a great actor. That's like me sitting down teaching someone how to write a book or how to edit a book. You, I want you to know how to brand yourself so that no matter what you do, people will follow you. Mm-hmm. People will love you. It's so being authentic. You know, that word always comes yeah. up and so many people, one of my guests talked about the modern etiquette coach, you know, she said it takes five years to be an overnight success. And and so yes. it's consistent. All of my guests are the same way. You, you guys are all leaders in your own right, in your own fields, in your own passion. And that value of, I just get up every day and I do what is right for me. And if I do it with consistency and I do it with the right authenticity and the right beliefs, things will start to open up for you. And so not being afraid of that journey and not being afraid of the challenges and knowing that the end result is what you're focusing on. But these daily consistencies and the true authenticity is what's going to help you move through, you know, the ebbs and the flows, the good and the bad, the, the exciting times and the really difficult times. So... Because there's life that gets in the way too, right? <laughs> oh yeah. And one thing I teach, one thing I teach the authors and the entrepreneurs that I coach is number one, when they ask me, "Oh, what should I post on social media?" I said, "That is just a tool, a communication device. Therefore, only post with a purpose. Mm-hmm. Every single time you post, you cannot afford if you're trying to build a brand, a business, whatever, you're trying to market something, you cannot afford to go on there and rant about every little stupid thing that happens in your life. You cannot afford to go on there and put empty garbage on there that people regurgitate garbage that people are have learned can learn somewhere else. You know, you have to put your own unique spin on it. And you just have to be offer more value than everyone else they listen to. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if you do it once a week, once a month, or whatever. You have to make it darn good every time you do it. It's just that consistency. You know, that yes. people do not understand that haven't been on this journey or are looking for or are stuck, right? That's what I hear a lot of people mm-hmm. say. I just, I don't feel anything anymore. I'm kind of empty. I'm looking for my purpose. And so... Yes. And what I've learned through all my leadership training and the years of experience that I've had in life is if you remain consistent to those basic things that you do every day, Mm -hmm. which is like getting up and making your bed, you know, having coffee, reflecting, doing, just having a pattern, that opens up your mind to be able to, to explore what is it that I want to do next, right? And where am I? And assessing that. So, as a writer, how do you take time to reflect on the things that you're doing every day to kind of 
you know, am I failing? Do I need to adjust? Do I need to change something? What's your process for that? Oh, I love this question. This is something I learned in some um, very expensive training that I took <laughs> last year, but it was worth, I wouldn't say expensive. I would say it was very valuable um, because I don't measure things by the cost. I measure it by the value. So there are three questions I ask myself moving forward in everything that I do every day. What worked? What didn't work? And what can I do better next time? Mm-hmm. And that applies to my relationship with my kids, um, anything that I do with my work, anything that I do with my personal life, anything like that. You know, and I even ask my kids to, to ask themselves that for their soccer games. You know, we're a huge soccer family. And so I'll hear them complaining about this. And so I'm like, just think about it. What worked, what didn't work, and what can you do better next time? That's all you can do. You mm. cannot change what's already done. Yep, you can't change it. And so kind of failing forward. I love this concept of, yeah. of failing forward. Yeah. So what would you say... For our listeners, what's something that you learned to fail forward through? Um, specifically? Yeah. Well, actually, it's, it's just a lot of things. Confidence is a big one. And like you said, a lot of my authors, when I was training them, on, I said it's very important for you to do Facebook Lives because that's where the communication is and the networking value and things like that are on Facebook. And Facebook is the number one platform. Twitter does not offer, you know, live videos and things like that as far as I'm aware of. This is the largest platform. This is just where it's at for people right now. If mm-hmm. you want to, if you have a message that you want to get out, I actually call it delayed success. I never really try to use the word fail mm-hmm. um, because I think it has such a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. And I'm not walking around with pom-poms everywhere, you know, saying, <laughs> hey, you know, get some delayed success. It's yeah. more like accept your responsibility in the process accept that it's not going to happen right away, like going to the gym and expecting six-pack abs in a week. You know, it doesn't work like that. You have to build your hustle muscle. You have to build what you do every single day, become stronger and stronger and more fluid every single time you do it because our bodies are brilliant like that. Whatever you do over and over and over, every single time you do it, your body's going to fit your brain. It's going to figure out a better and faster way to get it done. So you're going to become more efficient. And that's why things become second nature to people. Mm-hmm. People you see on stage these days who are huge inspirational speakers, a lot of them will tell you, I was horrified. I was mortified to get on camera. I was mortified. I was shaking. I was sweating to get up on stage and speak. Those, are, those become the best speakers to me. Because they're authentic, mm-hmm. they're genuine, and they come from a place of fear and move to a place of conquering. That's and that awesome. is just an amazing feat. If everyone, you know, if everyone came out with this silver spoon in their mouth and they had all the confidence in the world and they had no struggles, who wants to follow that guy? Right. Who wants to follow somebody who had no struggles? You can't relate to that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, and that's that's the key. And understanding that there are other people in the world that are in the same place that you are. <laughs> and we're all trying to just make yes. this world better and different and unique. We all have these special gifts. And what I've learned, and this is why I love having you on this program, because it's kind of selfish for me, but <laughs> but understanding, <laughs> you know, when I went through all this leadership training the last few years, John Maxwell really told us day one, write your story. It's about your personal story. Where did you come from? What are you connected to? 
And so all the things that you're talking about are exactly on point. If you understand who you are, what your strengths are, and one book that I recommend to everybody is Strengths Finder to be able to really dive into understanding your top five strengths and how that has affected you in your life and then the tools that you have naturally, right? It's not um, that you you have a family that plays, you know, in the orchestra and they may play the oboe. And so you think that that's kind of your gift. You, you have it in your blood that you should be doing that. Maybe you can't hear. Maybe you can't carry a tune. Maybe you don't read music, right? And so it's not doing what other people put on you or that, like you said, I want to write a book because I want to be famous. It's what right. speaks to your soul that is going to help you connect to others so they can understand your journey. And that's right. that's that's the kind of the purpose-driven life, if you will. But But it helps you develop that sense of confidence that you teach. You've taught your, you know, your students and your kids and now the authors of how to have this authentic life. Yes. And every single thing that you do, every blog post, every Facebook post, every Facebook live is telling a little bit more of your story. That's why it has to be authentic. And that's why you don't just do it just to have content out there. If you're going to do that, you might as well get somebody else to do it for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so I know we get busy and, you know, you write 10 books in all these years. How do you deal with stress? <laughs> stress is my best friend, honestly, I think, because it's with <laughs> me all the time. It never leaves me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, there, but I have learned there is good stress and there is bad stress. And either one of them can affect your health um, in a positive or negative way honestly. Uh, and so I do have some medical repercussions from having stress in my life, but I have to say I accomplish the most amazing things in my world when I am under a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I really do. I hit personal breakthroughs like never before. Um, you probably even saw it on my Facebook timeline where I put that post about breakthroughs are just on the other side of breakdowns. Yep. I did. So so true. Mm-hmm. And some people just want to give up when they're going through that breakdown and they think this is it. But to me, it's like when you reach rock bottom, you have nowhere to go but up from there, right? Mm-hmm. You can't dig past rock bottom. Yep. So it's got to get better. And the only way it's going to get better is if you shift your focus all about perception, mm-hmm. it's all about how you perceive your situation and do you want to change it? And you have to actually come up with an action plan and say, am I willing to do what it takes to change it? That's the big thing. Mm -hmm. A lot of people want to change, but they have dreams. They don't have goals. They don't have goals. To me, goals, exactly. Mm -hmm. To me, anybody can have a dream. It would be nice. You hear people saying, it would be nice. I would love to. This is my dream house. Well, how are you going to go get that dream? How are you going to turn it into a reality? That's what you need to focus on. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's those strategies. I talk about strategies all the time. So it's like going from that dream into reality. And so if you were coaching somebody with, you know, their book and you said, yeah, I want to be this best-selling author and I have this idea, Mm -hmm. what would you tell them? What would be the first step that you would say, do this, be authentic to yourself, 
and then do these steps? To be honest, a lot of indie authors, self-published authors, because I am as well, they have this theory that, uh, you know, the traditionally published authors have it so great that they have all the money behind them and the brand behind them, and they don't have to do anything but write books. And you can talk to almost any published author, traditionally published, who has a publishing brand behind them, and they will tell you, my publisher says I still have to go out there and do social media posts. I still have to do Facebook Live. I have to go do book signings. I have to get in front of the people. Mm -hmm. I have to stay in front of the people. As you will notice, even the celebrities these days who – I've done tons of movies and things. You know, people are wanting to connect with real people. Mm -hmm. They want real lives. That's why reality shows have become so wildly popular. They want real life things they can relate to. So, yeah, great. They'll go see them in a movie. Then they want to see what are they really made of? What's their true substance? Mm -hmm. And so that's what the one advice I would give authors. Have some substance. Let people know who you are first because people will follow your thoughts and ideas, um, actually they'll follow your personality first and then they'll follow your thoughts and ideas and then they'll buy whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. Then they'll buy your book. They'll buy your uh, coaching program. They'll buy whatever. You're not going to be able to pitch. It just doesn't work these days. You're just not going to be able to pitch it directly unless you already have a huge following. Yep. I don't care how famous you are. Well, it, it is about that connection. I think about Richard Branson on LinkedIn. You know, he's got this whole campaign now about teaching others how to be, how to live with success. And you, you mentioned Will Smith, and there are so many others that are trying to find their own purpose. And, and you know, they have these master classes. Shonda Rhimes, you know, she's written all these great oh, yeah. um, sitcoms. And, and, you know, Grey's Anatomy is one that I, I follow, and I, I just love her method of writing. And, and making it real, right? And so, but it's who you connect to. It's who you can learn from and learn through to really um, help your heart sing and help find that value and that purpose. And I, and I teach a lot of this, and you've brought it out so many times, but if you understand your why, why you are on this world to help others, everything else just falls into place. If you can develop a consistent behavior around it. So that is, um, that's a great lesson. And this authentic voice uh, just continues to come out and having the ability to write. So I want to, I want to help you communicate to people that are saying, you know, I don't know. I've never written anything. I didn't do well in English. You know, I was never a good student. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know what I would write about. What do you, you know, what would you kind of advise them? I know we talk about reflecting a lot, but you as kind of the expert, um, what would, what would you tell them to help them start writing? I would say, think about writing in a journal, journal your experiences, uh, not every day, but if something interesting comes up, sort of like when you do a baby book for your kids. Do a baby book for yourself. <laughs> Do a milestone book for your life. A lot of people, like I said, authors don't even realize sometimes, I don't care what genre they're writing, they pour a little bit of themselves into every book they write. It's, it's, you know, it could be fear from their childhood. It could be um, intimidation. It could be regret. It could be joy. 
Uh, it could be love. It could be heartbreak. Whatever they are writing, there's a reason those words came to fruition, mm-hmm. honestly, because mm-hmm. we don't just pull these things out of a hat. We don't just pull them out of our brains. We pull them out of our soul. Mm-hmm. It's our experiences, we, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, I can't remember who said it. I know I, it sounds terrible, but at the moment I'm having a brain fog. <laughs> um, all you have to do is just put your pen to paper and bleed, right? Mm-hmm. It's something I'm paraphrasing a little bit. I love that quote because it's true. You just have to believe. Just like sometimes when a pastor gets up there on the podium at the podium and they'll change their complete message at the last minute. And they're like, I really wasn't going to preach about this but it's really on my heart. Mm-hmm. So when you start speaking from the heart, people will listen. Mm-hmm. The right people will listen. Mm-hmm. That's the key. You don't want everybody to listen. People are so focused on numbers yeah, and exactly. trying to get the masses. Mm-hmm. Why would you want the masses to listen to what you have to offer if they're just going to ridicule you and tear you down? Right. Why would you want to invite that negativity and critique into your life if it's not going to be valuable to help you move forward. That's the way I see it. Well, sometimes they, you know, that old adage of if you remove the M, that's sometimes what you have with the masses. (laughs) So you have to be really careful. I love that. I'm going to steal that. Uh, But you have to be (laughs) so careful. And I think what's interesting is, you know, I was never a journaler. But I have a lot of nieces and nephews that, that find that so powerful that are in this next generation. And so what's important is how personal journaling is. And so taking that from my personal private book right into a format that how would I share that with others? <laughs> and so what you've taught us is connect it to your own story through your own voice and then create that environment that you can share that. And how how does, when you transfer that energy from your private writing into a public format, is that scary? It can be because, of course, my, my first romance novella was pretty clean. It had like, it wasn't Christian, but it had a Christian tone to it. And I grew up Christian. Well, my second one was a little bit dirtier. <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> Okay, just I pray my mom never reads this, right? Because <laughs> it wasn't raunchy at all, but it was just, I've been married for 20-something years, so it was just real life, mm-hmm. right? It was just real experiences, and I dug a little bit deeper in the emotion and the actual experiences that the characters have, and I really wanted it to come across as authentic and something people actually live. And so I remember my mom calling me on the way on a road trip with my dad and she said oh I just read your book I loved it and she goes in fact I'm reading it again I said, Mom. I said you read the part about that she goes I'm a grown married woman I can read whatever I want to read <laughs> I was embarrassed but she loved it she lo- she said it was such a beautiful story and I got I like that she got the story yeah yep well and that's that's the thing you know it's those closest to us that we may fear, right? That they may mm-hmm. have other ideas or judgments. And and so it's a great segue into the mentors and who inspires you. Right. So for Absolutely. you, you know, who, who um, I know your family is a big part of your life and, and we always learn about the people that we are surrounding ourselves with are really our influencers and build our character. So how do mentors 
play a role in your life? And who is your, you know, current kind of big inspiration that you're looking towards? I don't want this to come off sounding like Miss America answer, you know, when you say, what's your biggest goal in life? And you say, world peace. (laughs) But I mean, it kind of, it does. It kind of sounds cliche when I say it out loud, but truly every single person that I come in contact with in my life these days, because I've matured, I've developed in my personal development. um, I see them as a teaching experience. Mm -hmm. I see that connection as someone who can inspire me to become better Mm -hmm. or inspire me to become like them and, and learn something from them and do something the way they did that they've had experience with or and inspire me to teach others to not make that mistake. I'm, I've, re- I've always been really big on vicariously living through other people's mistakes, thank God, <laughs> because I, I didn't have to go through a whole lot of pain and turmoil to learn the things that I have. Mm-hmm. I am very good at adapting to new situations. I'm very good at latching myself onto people who are making awesome things happen and following them rather than listening to the background noise. Mm-hmm. I'm really good about that. But I've had definitely, like I said, every person um, or every stage of my life that I've gone through, whether it was the daycare or the editing or whatever, people have taught me how to become a better parent. People have taught me how to become a better wife. I've read books. Uh, I've you know, met people in the publishing industry who've taught me a better way to write because I knew how to write but I didn't know how to write professionally. Mm -hmm. I will say that because I was great in grammar, you know, English. That was like my, my major thing that I did in school. I wrote college papers for my friends and stuff. (laughs) Right. And so I got great grades on it, but that is not the same as publishing a book. I want people to understand that so much because like I said, I was like a grammar Nazi. That Mm -hmm. does not mean that grammar is the only element of a great book. Mm -hmm. It's so, so true. You've it. got to really so surround. You've got to surround yourself with that network of people, like you just led us through, that can really help yes. build you into this next, next person, this next journey. Um, because you get so far, you learn so much, and what we understand as we get older, and we hopefully become wiser, <laughs> right? But it is the power of that connection of really. People want to just help each other. They want to pour into each other and provide the skills that you don't have yourself, that you weren't given these gifts. So we talk about personality testing and strengths finder and all these things that kind of tell you, here are the things you should focus on and everything else you can ask for help, right? You can ask for help and, and then become the best you because you're not focusing on trying to keep up to speed with all the things that you're trying to learn um, because you weren't given those gifts. Like, understand your gifts and and connect to that and then find those mentors that can help lift you the rest of the way. I will always forever be appreciative to the first person who gave me a three-star review on my first book, uh, my first romance book, because... I thought I was a great writer, to be honest. I was like, oh, no, what's she talking about, right? And so I found out she's an editor, and she was my first editor. I said, okay, teach me. Teach me how to write this better. Mm-hmm. And she was impressed by that, so mm-hmm. she did. And then I met other editors who taught me. I said, teach me. What do you mean by this comment right here? 
And so I've worked with some amazing editors who taught me what I know. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to turn around and help other people self-edit their books. I will say it is always important to have someone else do the final edit on your book. Always. You are too close to that story. You know it too well. You cannot objectively edit that book. Gosh, it's, it reminds me of Shark Tank. <laughs> you know, people, <laughs> people go on Shark Tank and it's their baby. It's their product. It's like being a product manager for any company. You develop this into what you believe will have effect. And so you take it in and on Shark Tank, if, if people haven't seen it, and, um, but you know the environment of having a panel really judge you on how you've brought this product to market, what, how it's going to function, how it's going to sell, what kind of profits it has the opportunity to, to bring in. And then these sharks want to invest, right? They want to invest and see if they can promote this um, for future technology. And right. so many times... You know, as we look at it, I know it's all produced, but you look at it and and these people are so let down because one of the sharks has an opinion that may lead the other shark to have an opinion, but they they discuss it as a panel and try to really evaluate, did it make sense? Are there any gaps, right, that you haven't become aware of and will it work? And so just like what you said, it is so important to have your Shark Tank panel (laughs) as you develop your book because you are way too close to it and you may have forgotten some things um, and how it will either provide success or you can just add a little bit to it right through someone else um, and really propel you and have it connect to maybe a different audience or um, put it in a different content. So I love that you said that because so many of us experience that every day because we know ourselves, right? We're like, well, I know best. But having that vulnerability, I love, um, when you did the pre-show questions, I asked you a little bit about, you know, kind of your strengths. And so if I can, I just want to talk about that real quick because when you, um, listed here, the Myers-Briggs test, right? And for those of us in the listener pool that have taken that, the ENFJ, right? A lot of people fall into that. And you you look at your strengths as uh, the top five here are curiosity, researching skills, of course, Mm -hmm. humility. Humility is huge. Talk to me about, um, talk to me about being humble. That is not an easy thing for people to do, especially when they become more famous or more connected or more powerful. How do you keep that humility? Unfortunately, I feel that humility is not typically something that's learned. I feel it's something that your parents um, instilled in you, your environment. And so some people aren't born with that. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not taught the value of money. They're not taught the value of time. They're not taught the value of spirituality in the home and things like that. Things that unify a family, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So humility can be learned if you change your environment. Yep. But if you are staying in that environment that's not conducive to you becoming a better person, you won't have humility. I and love that. that is one of the biggest qualities, the most important qualities you can have, because when you can admit that you don't have all the answers, you have the power to find the answers. Wow. 
but if you, and you have the power to improve. And I actually want to cry about that because that's so important to me because humility can move you forward to places in your life that money, connections, all those other things can't. If you learn to say, I don't have all the answers and I'm willing to improve, you will go much further in life than if you, and that was one thing I'm sure this, this editor was impressed by was probably no one has come to her when she's given critique like that and said, teach me, mm-hmm. tell me what I did wrong instead of, oh, it's my book. I know it's good. So-and-so editor said it was great. You don't know what you're talking about, right? A lot of people get defensive. Mm-hmm. And instead of trying to fix the problem, they are becoming the problem. Mm-hmm. That's so true. And, you know, that's, that's personal. And that's really hard to, some of us, when we talk about failing and understanding, you know, well, who was responsible for that? And humility is about accepting that, you know, maybe we had more to do with that <laughs> than others. And right. my hockey coach used to say, when you point one finger at someone, you're pointing three back at you, right? (laughs) So true. And having this sense of humility, this vulnerability, this purpose, um, really this foundation, being secure in your foundation will help you develop everything else that you want to do in your life, especially when you have something to say. And and I love having you on this program because when you have something to say (laughs) and you can write it down, It's just like when you're in sales or any job and they say, great, well, you know, where's your calendar? How are you going to write things down that you're supposed to do, Mm -hmm. right, to keep you accountable? And so writing keeps you accountable to your thoughts, which then become your beliefs, which then become your habits, which then become your success, right? It's all just in what you think first, and then you have to continue to develop that process. So... You are really critical, your message and what you've learned and how you're helping people is really a great value to society. So I just want to say thank you for for that because um, people, you know, if they haven't realized it, if they haven't connected to their soul yet and their, you know, their journey, um, I think you have a lot that you're going to teach them today. So Thank you. I... I'm really excited to share this message because, especially for authors, because they do struggle. A lot of them, one of the first things they'll tell me is, I'm just not good at sales. I said, then you won't be good at selling. (laughs) Right. You will not become a bestseller. Mm -hmm. You will become a best writer. Mm -hmm. And nobody reads those books. Mm -hmm. Only the people that you personally talk to read those books. And so I truly believe that what I've learned about network marketing, online sales, online marketing, things like that, I've been able to tweak it to be able to help the authors because they have to learn marketable skills Mm -hmm. or else you're just going to have a book that you wrote and nobody knows about it. Yep. And, and so, you know, as you've said, write something that you're passionate about, that you are authentic about, that you connect to, and then find those people around you that can help teach you those next steps. And if you're not the salesperson, then connect to somebody that can help you with that, if that's your goal, right? If that's kind of your goal, right. you get this authentic message out, then then find that team of people that can help influence um, others because it is about influence in this world. And there are so many things coming at us on media 
that if you don't look different, if you don't have a, you know, a theme, a, um, an instinct that you believe can connect to people in the message, then it, it will get lost in translation. So right. what you're teaching them is, is so valuable for their own success. So, um, I just, I really love this. So help me. Um, there's a couple of things that I don't want to miss, <laughs> which is <laughs> how you measure success. When I ask you this, um, you really, you talked about, you know, what you, what you do every day to measure this, but, um, you told me a little bit about what your mom taught you that changed your belief in yourself. Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh yeah. I, my mom has influenced me much more than she knows. I mean, I used to sit and watch her sit at the piano and play her music, and then she would write down songs all the time. And she does not even realize how much she influenced my writing because I would get her notebooks sometimes and go through them and read those songs. And it didn't matter if I heard the music or not. I felt the power in those words. And a lot of things in my life were hard. I had a lot of hard times in school. People were... I mean, I won't say jealous. My mom said jealous, but I thought she said it just because she loved me so much and she wanted to give me a reason to not hate myself (laughs) um, of why, (laughs) you know, of why people picked on me and why I was such a big target. Like, even in my own family, sometimes I was the butt of the joke, right? I had blonde hair and I was very gullible and I still am sometimes, but I've learned that and this is kind of pathetic too, I guess, because I used to watch Dr. Phil a long time ago, <laughs> but he said something really that stuck with me. You know, people may leave an impact on you, right? No matter what it is, you it can be in the most unexpected place from the most unexpected people. But he said, there's something about that old boy I don't like about myself. And that stuck with me because I started realizing my mom was right. People saw something in me that they either didn't like about themselves or that they wish they could change or that they could become. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I already had. I was very confident. I was never susceptible to peer pressure. Uh, I just, it didn't bother me. I never wanted anything to control me. Mm -hmm. So I asked my mom one time, I said, mom, why? And, you know, I was just broken down. I'd had a lot of hard times financially and stuff. And sometimes things didn't work out to my expectations, Mm -hmm. even though everyone else saw it as a success. They didn't meet my expectations. Mm-hmm. And she, I said, Mom, why do you think everything is so hard for me? Why do I have such a hard time? Does God hate me, right? Does he, why is he picking on me too, right? Mm-hmm. And she said, Tracy, God loves you and trusts you so much that he gives you the hardest challenges. <laughs> he, it was just awesome. It was like, you know, you're not being picked on, you're being chosen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a great lesson. He built you to handle it. Mm -hmm. He built you strong enough to handle it. You're strong enough to handle it. And that's just been so powerful. Mm -hmm. Yes, that has been so powerful in my life because even little things like when I feel like my house is dirty and people are like, how do you keep your house so clean? I'm not like over the top OCD about it or anything, but to me, it always feels dirty. It always feels cluttered, right? Because I just like to control things (laughs) in my life. But we ne- we always are harder on ourselves than other people are, truly. We think they're going to be so hard on us. But if we give them a chance, we might make a really good friend and impact their lives even more than we realize. Yep. We have to let, we have to be that vulnerable person, right? To be able to have all of that come into us to strengthen us because that's what, right. that's what you've learned. Like you have learned on this journey that 
people can raise you up even stronger. Use the strengths you have and then and then have this guided mentor group um, that you can trust and be authentic with, that you can grow with and and really become your your significance in the world. So man, that's powerful. I want to meet your mom. <laughs> She's awesome. Pretty Doesn't awesome. Doesn't it make you sad, though, that people go on Facebook and do these Facebook Lives or they, they post beautiful pictures of their kids in their homes and things like that, and then you see them in person, and they're like, wow, I'm so excited for you. You've got this going and that going, and you guys seem so happy. I'm so excited. I'm so happy for you. And they're like, girl, please don't read everything you believe on. I don't believe everything you read on Facebook. I know. And I think, what? I know. It's so sad. I know. Like, why would you only show the highlights of your life? You don't have to rant about everything but be real people can learn from that yep be real because it's who it's who you are I, and that's a great lesson because you know there's so many people that are um you know kind of in the next you know the older generation I'll say I'm not in the older generation but you know the millennials that are out here today that love podcasting that you know I'm hoping to reach out to them to teach them lessons of we say if I were your age I wish I would have known Right. And so I'm getting a lot of people that I'm helping to coach through um, leadership classes in what is it that they really could know at that stage that could really help them. And so all of these lessons that I'm hoping to teach through, you know, all of my guests are this this consistency, (laughs) these just value lessons. Right. And when I think about all the books that I read on leadership and all the people that have influenced me. It's not a secret. We're not doing anything, anything that is mm-hmm. difficult. It takes, it takes discipline. It takes the thought of in your mind to have the right mindset. And it takes, you know, getting up every day with a plan and being able to say, what are my goals in my life? How do I feel like I can achieve those if I can't do it by myself? What am I willing to do to change to, to make it better tomorrow and the next day and the next day and just growing, you know, day by day by day and looking back, like you said, it's a decade, right? What do you want that decade to right. look like? And so it's that five years of being an overnight success. It's working towards your dream, figuring out your why and working towards your dream. And one major thing about that, one very important thing is if your physical environment, your family, home environment, whatever, is not conducive to your success, you have to make your head, your mental environment three times stronger. Yep, that's so true. Because you've got to keep your head down and stay focused until you can get out of that environment, to be honest. It plays a big role. It plays a huge role huge role. And so many people, you know, they can do it and then they go back and then they kind of backslide, if you will. But it's knowing that if you are able to have that confidence, that it really can improve your life. Just practicing strategies, thinking, um, you know, about everything that can affect you and really keeping focused on what the end result's going to be. And I think nothing lasts forever, right? That's, That's the biggest thing is if you just focus on the good and keep consistent that you can have the power to change your life. Absolutely. And I, one other thing is 
I did a Facebook Live on this a couple weeks ago, I think, but your why can make you cry or make you fly. So so it can hold you back. It really can. It can make you sit around and just feel so desperate and so pathetic and helpless. So you can let it depower you or empower you and help it, you know, let it help you move forward. So when people say you get a why that makes you cry, that's not necessarily a good thing because it can debilitate you from Mm. doing what you need to do every single day. So what I teach my authors is do your must-dos. Don't call them a to-do list. It's a must-do. Your money-making, your success-creating activities every single day, do those first. One to three of them. No more than that. Even if you just get one of them done. Um, But do it every single day and make sure that gets done no matter what. And then everything else is just gravy. So if you do that every single day, you won't, <laughs> what'd you call it, fail forward? You won't fail backwards. <laughs> <laughs> and learn to you fail won't. forward, right? Like if you, if you exactly. say, I'm going to do this every day, well, that didn't work. Okay, well then figure out, like reflect and then say, okay, I'm going to do it this way tomorrow. Or I'm going to try this way tomorrow because that's the scary part. Doing the things that you must do every day. And what if I don't, what if I can't do that? What if I just can't? get up and I can't get those done because life gets in the way. And now, well, you know, I, it's probably just not cut out for me. And it's having that mindset, like you said, I love it. I love this. Having the mindset to go, it's okay. This is what I want to do. And this is what I'm going to do. And so this is my purpose. This is my why. And Simon Sinek is a big one that I follow. He has notes for inspiration every day. I love to kind of post that and share it because he is all about what you just said, the why you're they're going to depower your life or empower your life. So if you can choose, why not empower your life? Why not make you have the ability to make your life as successful as you want it to be? You can have anything you want, and there's no secret to it. It's following the steps that you've taught us today. Because some people will say, oh, my why is for my children. I want to be home with my children. And yet they will let being home with their children stop them from doing any productive activities toward that goal. Mm -hmm. And that can be a very tough one because, you know, my kids have a lot of activities. One's getting ready to graduate and things like that. But what about the other days when he's not graduating? What about the other days when they're not playing soccer games, you know, and you're trying to catch up on housework and stuff? Honestly, I don't think my house is super clean. But that's okay because I'm working on a business. I'm mm-hmm. building a business. I'm not able to mop floors every day. Mm-hmm. You, you know, and I will be able to do that one day, but not right now because if I wait, a lot of people want to wait. They like, oh, I'll just wait till my my kids graduate, or I'll wait till uh, we're done with this, done with that. Everything calms down. All right, another storm is going to be on the way. Right. And if you continue to wait, you're going to lose a very important element in your life that can always move you forward, and that is momentum. Amen. You're not just going to lose time. You're going to lose momentum. That's so true because there's always, you know, there's always that pressure of everything's got to be perfect until until right. I can do this. And that's... That's that mistake gap that, that I really teach on too is, is this, um, this intentionality. But we talk about gaps that keep us from, from achieving things in life and thinking that the timing gap of I'll do it tomorrow, I'll squeeze it in when I get some rest. You don't know how busy my life is. You know, we're in travel sports. We're doing, 
But you think about time goes by so fast, you know, and having kids at 18, they're gone, they're in college and their life is changing and they're experiencing things. And not that they don't want to be with their parents, it's a different relationship. And so you've got to think about all those things through those years that can add value to your family, add value to your life and add value to your purpose, right? And it can include your family. Many, many, many people are doing things that are so special um, and and hopefully, you know, that they're getting their, their word out through writing and messages that they can connect to others and give each other confidence and make this world great. Because the things that we hear on Facebook, you know, all the social media, all these horrible things that are happening in the world, it's because we have access to it now. But there are so many good yeah. people doing so many great things and helping to empower our lives that that's, we got to dig a little bit deeper. We got to stay connected to what our journey is. And so I love, love, love that you've been here with us today. Um, do you have any closing thoughts, Tracy, that we can that we can take away that, that you're like, you know, do these three things and you're going to be success? Hmm. Well, the three things I would say is basically have goals, not dreams. Write them down. That's when they become goals. Put them on a post-it, put them on a piece of paper, tape them up on the wall, whatever, so you can see them every day. I've done vision boards and things like that. You know, I think they're great. I do. But it didn't really keep me motivated. I am able to create a vision board in my head. Some people aren't. Every time I look at, you know, I think about the car that I want, I know exactly what it looks like, what it smells like, what it color, what color it is, everything. You know, I know what my house looks like. I know what my front porch looks like. But those aren't the immediate things that I'm working toward. My immediate goal is to retire my husband because I was home with my kids all those years. And now I feel like it's his turn. You know, he has always been the sole provider. And it's just always been very important to me to be a contributor to my household. Mm -hmm. And so my goal right now is to empower women, mostly women, because a lot of men are able, I mean, I'm not trying to sound sexist or anything, but men are typically able to come home from work and just head to the gym if they want, right? Even if our kids are older, most women are nurturers at heart, and they will say, are my kids fed? Is my husband fed? Is the house clean? Is everything done so I can go make some time for me? Do you agree? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we as moms want to make sure everyone is taken care of first. But the problem with that is they're taken care of, but they may not necessarily be around to take care of us. We've taught them how to live their lives, and we've done all these things for them, everything, and they've come to depend on us. So if we're not around one day, is everything going to fall apart for them? That's why I am huge on not coddling my children. I connect with them. Mm -hmm. I teach them. I want them to know that, yes, sometimes I'm not able to make every single soccer game. If I have something that I have to get done and it can't be rescheduled, yes. But other than that, I'm not only at their soccer games, I'm there seeing every goal. Mm -hmm. I'm not on my phone. <laughs> I'm not disconnected. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge thing because a lot of people, even though they say they eat dinner together and stuff, they're sitting there on their phones. They're not talking to one another. So 
I just feel like we prioritize things in our lives. We make time for things that are important to us. We make time for people who are important to us. And so if someone is not responding to you, if someone is not getting back to you and they seem to be blowing you off, pay attention to that because it's, unless something tragic has happened in their lives and they just can't get back with you, they're sending you a message. Mm-hmm. Pay so attention to the signals. Move on. Mm-hmm. Pay attention yes, to the signals. Pay attention to the signals. Yes, and that's with your children, with your spouse, whatever. Um, but don't keep going to that same person over and over and over trying to make that work. Like trying to get a reviewer to change their review once they've put it out there for your book. You're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Just take it for what it is. Learn from everything that happens to you, good or bad, and use it to move you forward, not to debilitate you and and hold you back. Because all you can do is get better. You can only go up from the bottom, right? Excellent. Tracy, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for teaching us so much today. Um, So glad we're connected. Thank you, Jeff Van Vailer, for recommending Tracy as as one of the people that I needed to learn about because, wow, you have really influenced my life. And um, how can we follow you, Tracy, for our listeners? I'm going to post all of this when we um, push this out on social media, but what's the best way to follow you and learn about your books and, um, and keep connected to you? I have a blog called A Word with Tracy, T-R-A-C-I dot com. I also am on Facebook. You can friend me if you would like to watch my videos. I try to keep that stuff inspirational and personal. It's not so much promotional or anything. I still do offer things like what I just talked about on this radio program. So I try to pull people into my world that way uh, because those are the types of people I want to connect with. And so it's a filtering process. <laughs> and so then I also have a fan page that I just started. And this is really important because I had another fan page that I built for several years. And it, my shift in, in life changed. So now I'm focused more targeted on women and empowering women. So this is mostly for women. It's going to be dealing with women's issues and women's health and business tips for women and things like that. It's called, uh, but it's Tracy Sanders. You can look it up. That's the name of the page, but it's total health and wealth for women with the at symbol, total health and wealth for women. And that's where my main focus is right now because I'm really, truly passionate about that. Perfect. Perfect. I will make sure to connect all of this for our listeners so that we can, we can connect to you. And, um, and hopefully, you know, my goal when we talked originally, um, you know, I want to make a journal out of this so people can still connect to your story and all the things that you're doing. And then the Leadership Summit that's coming March 2nd in 2019 will be held here at the Indianapolis Museum of Art. And so if you can make it up for that, people can actually connect to you live and learn great lessons from you again and see where your journey is in a few months and, and really be able to connect to you live. So man, thank you for being on my journey. Yes, thank you for inviting me. It's been wonderful getting to know you. I'm so thankful that Jeff recommended me. You never know whose lives you're touching, right? Yep. And uh, I do want to say one more thing about the Total Health and Wealth for Women. I do focus on tips for women. Men are able to like my page, of course. But if you have a sister, a mother, a daughter, someone who would need to be empowered, someone who needs a little bit of a boost, please send them my way. I would love to connect with them. Excellent. 
uh, Tracy Sanders. Thank you so much for all that you're doing to inspire people. Being an everyday leader is critical in today's world, and you just um, really are going to help us become better in our own lives. So thank you so much for joining. Thank you for this, and we will talk talk to you soon. Have a great 2018. You too, Melanie. Thank you. Thanks. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit is coming to Indianapolis, Saturday, March 2nd, 2019. Join me along with the 50 and 50 guests from Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. This exclusive event will take place at the beautiful New Fields Indianapolis Museum of Art on Saturday, March 2nd, 2019. You won't want to miss this one-of-a-kind leadership workshop where you will personally engage with these 50 leaders and learn how to apply their strategies to live your life with success. Don't miss this opportunity. You can be a part of this exclusive inaugural leadership summit here in Indianapolis, March 2nd, 2019. Early bird registration begins on April 20th, 2018. Remember, there's limited space available, so reserve your spot now. If you know of anyone that would be interested in sponsoring this exclusive event, please have them contact me directly at make at makeconnectionsforlife.com. Thank you for following the podcast of Everyday Leaders 50 and 50.